We are on Ksubis Samech Aleph Omer Aleph, 61a, uh, by the two dots, about ten lines from the top. And the Gemara continues with its analysis of the Mishnah. If you recall, in the Mishnah that we had a few weeks ago, the Mishnah said that there are various obligations that a wife has towards her husband. And then the Mishnah continued to say, but if she brings into the marriage, she brings in maidservants, so then uh, it depends on how many maidservants. If it's one maidservant, uh, so then the wife no longer has to grind wheat, no longer has to bake or wash the clothing, but the wife is still obligated in the other responsibilities. However, if she brings in two maidservants, so then she's exempt from other obligations, three maidservants, and then finally four maidservants, so then she's completely exempt according to the first opinion. There were those who argued in the Mishnah and said that she still has to do something. She can't do nothing. Uh, it's, not, uh, it's not right for her to do absolutely nothing. Uh, it'll lead to, uh, to her, her just uh, uh, being bored or wasting time or, or worse, uh, getting involved in things that she shouldn't be getting into. Uh, and so therefore, she should be pr- she'd be productive in life. She should be productive according to those. Uh, that's, uh, that's what the other opinions say. So the Gemara is con- commenting on the first line of the Mishnah, of, of that part of the Mishnah. If she brings in one maidservant, so then she is exempt. The wife is exempt from grinding wheat, baking, or washing clothing. The Gemara says, However, with regards to other, other tasks, she's obligated in those other tasks. Why is that? She herself is obligated to do all these things. The wife herself is obligated to do all these things. Okay, so now that the wife herself is obligated to do all these things, if there were no shifchos, if there were no maidservants, so now that there is one maidservant, so why can't that one maidservant replace the wife? Let, let that maidservant replace the wife, um, and, uh, and therefore that maidservant should do everything. If the wife could have done everything, so the maidservant could also do everything. So the answer is no. Mishim da Amar the husband can tell the wife hatarcha ledidi ledida kamedidach mantarach. No, because uh, the maidservant is now working for me. She's if she ends up doing all the work, she's working for me, and then she also has to work for herself. She has to do her own, uh, you know, her own uh, responsibilities for herself. But then, what is she going to do for you, for my wife? What is she going to do for you? And it's uh, important. Uh, it's it's important uh, for. Uh, for the wife to also uh, be involved and uh, sorry, it's important for the maidservant to be involved with the wife as well uh, for the wife. The wife is the one that's bringing her in and so therefore the maidservant should uh, help out the wife as well and that won't take place. And so therefore, in order to make sure that the maidservant is also helping out the wife, so therefore we have it that the wife still has to do some of these tasks. The Mishnah then continues and says, Shtaim, what if there are two maidservants? So number one, if there are two maidservants, the wife doesn't have to do the previous tasks that we refer to. But in addition to that, she doesn't have to cook and she doesn't, she's not required to nurse her child. It could be that the husband has to hire somebody else to nurse her child. If the, again, if the mother doesn't want to. So the Gemara asks the same question. Okay, now that there's two maidservants, so then why can't these two maidservants do everything else? All the other tasks that we then say that the wife has to do, why can't these maidservants do it? If she could do it herself, now that we have two, the maidservants should also, be, should also do it. The same way. Why can't she say? The Gemara asks, why can't the wife say? There's two maidservants. One of them is to, is to help me out and to help herself out. 
And the other one could work for you, for my husband, and work for herself. Therefore, she doesn't have to do any work at all. So the Gemara answers, no. The Gemara essentially says that if there's maid, more maidservants, so then uh, that means there's also going to be more guests. So they see that this is a wealthy family, let's say, uh, or it has a lot of people in the house. So more guests will come in. And if more guests come in, so then there's more to do, there's more to accomplish, there's more responsibilities. And so therefore, because there's more guests, therefore the wife still has to be involved. We need those maidservants to help out with the guests. Um, and therefore, the wife still has to be involved. Shalosh continues the Gemara. Shalosh, if there are three maidservants, so the Mishnah says, um, She doesn't have to make his bed. She's not required to make his bed. And she also doesn't have to make the thread from the wool. Hasharavda, but the, the implication is, she does have other work to do. But now we have three. I understand. One maidservant is for the wife and for the maidservant herself to to deal with what she has to deal with. The other maidservant is for the husband. How about the husband and for herself? We are now have a third maidservant. Could be for the guests. Why can't that third maidservant be for the guests? So answers the Gemara. The Gemara answers that that Mishum uh, Amar Law Nafish B'nei Beisa Nafish Parche. No! When the numbers increase in the house, when there are more maidservants, now that we have three maidservants, the number of guests also increase. The more people in the house, the more guests there are. So therefore, we need other maidservants also to help out for the guests. Uh, and so therefore, therefore uh, we need her to work as well, to do a minimal amount of work if there are three maidservants. So the Gemara then asks, I don't understand. If this is true, so then once she brings in four maidservants, okay, now that there are more maidservants and now there are more guests, so why do we say, why does the first opinion of the mission say once there's four maidservants, the wife doesn't have to do anything anymore. She's totally, she can just rest. She can relax. Why is that true? We have more guests. Like my answer is no. No, there's a, it, it, there's a certain limit. Once there are four maidservants, they could all help each other out with all the tasks, even if it increases in the number of guests. But you have four maidservants, so it, it reaches a point where the four maidservants can all uh, work together. And four maidservants, that's, that's the point in time where we say that the wife is, is uh, removed from all of her responsibilities, at least according to the first opinion. Again, we mentioned that there are two other opinions in the Mishnah we follow that says that she, st- she has to be productive and she still has to, she still has to work. Okay. The Gemara now has one or two lines just on um, this idea that if she brings in maidservants, it's not really if she brings in maidservants, it's really if she has the ability to bring in maidservants. The Gemara says... The case of the mission when it says that she brings in one maidservant, two maidservants, three or four, doesn't really mean where she's actually, she actually has these maidservants around, but it could mean that if she was wealthy enough that the dowry that's brought into the marriage, which is now given over to the husband, has enough to pay to purchase uh, to make this purchase for maidservants, so then she's also exempt because it's now on the husband. The husband received this large sum of money, so she should have the responsibility to hire maidservants instead of having his wife do the work. And similarly, Tana, This is whether or not she brought, she brings in the maidservants, or even if, let's say, she just reduces her own needs. Uh, she says, I don't need certain things so that my, my husband could spend more of the money, not on me, but on the maidservant, so then she would also be exempt from these tasks. She's basically saying, I don't want what you want to give me. I don't need it. I'd rather rest. I'd rather not have this in higher maidservants, and that would also suffice. That would work.
Okay. Now says the Gemara. Says the Gemara, Arba Yosheves Bekatedra. That once there are four maidservants, she could sit in a chair and do nothing. The Gemara says, is that really true? She could do absolutely nothing according to the first opinion? No. Amr Rabbi Yosheves Bekatedra. Amr Rabbi says, Amr Rabbi Yosheves Bekatedra. The Gemara says that even though she's exempt from all the general responsibilities, but there are three things, explains Rashi, that are acts of chiba, acts of connection to husband and wife. It, it creates a, a stronger bond, a stronger connection. She's still obligated in it. And these are examples that are given during the times of the Gemara. It could be that it should be different today. Uh, but the examples are uh, pouring uh, wine uh, to, to him. Pouring wine is a form of, uh, of a bond, of a connection, of attraction, or not just making the beds, but really fluffing the pillows and, and in a way that it's in, a, in an attractive way. Or it used to be that uh, the wife would bathe, people would bathe each other and the wife would bathe uh, the husband's uh, hands, feet, and, and face. Um, so again, that, that, that's what was done at that time. But these are forms of, of actions of creating a, a closer connection. So even though she's exempt from all work, she's not exempt from all work entirely. Things of, uh, of uh, strong chiba, of strong uh, connection and attraction, she should continue to do. Uh, now, it's important to note that according to Rashi, this is just an eitzatova. This is not a requirement. This is a suggestion. Well, they, they highly suggest that she should continue doing this. The Rambam, on the other hand, Maimonides says that, no, this is actually a requirement. This is necessary. Uh, it's, it's a real obligation. Okay. Says the Gemara. Amr Avitzak Bar Hananya, Amr Avuna, Avuna says, the same, the same opinion as before. That just like we said, that when she's, uh, she has all these maidservants that are working for her, she should still do the things that are uh, seen as derachiba, as ways of creating a strong bond and connection to, to, from, husband, from wife to husband and husband to wife. So, however, says Rav Huna, the same three things she should not do when she is in Nida, when uh, when she uh, has, a, when the wife has her period, so then she's not allowed to have sexual relations with her husband until she goes to the mikvah, um, and so therefore, because they're not allowed to have sexual relations because they can't have that, Ravuna says that there are other things that they shouldn't do. This is what we refer to as harchakos, other forms of either distancing themselves on a physical level, distancing themselves on a physical level. Um, so that, uh, really, so that they could also spend more time on an emotional level connecting, but we distance themselves on a on a physical level, um, or it could be a, a form of just preventing normal routine, so that they understand that something's different here. They cannot uh, engage in sexual relations, and so therefore, included in the different activities which they should refrain from, are the same three: she shouldn't pour him wine, and uh, she shouldn't make the beds in this uh, more of an attractive way and she shouldn't wash his hands, legs, and feet. The Gemara continues on with these examples and sort of adds to these examples, uh, provides various limitations to this and says, when it comes to uh, making the bed in this, uh, in this nicer way, so Amarava, Rava says, this is only if the husband is around. The husband around, she can't do this. But if the husband's not around, so then she's allowed to make the bed. 
What about by mezigas hakos when it comes to the pouring of the wine? So Shmuel machafale debesu biada desmolar. Shmuel's wife uh, would still pour wine, but she would use her left hand. She's doing it in some uh, abnormal way. So to 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 realize as a reminder that uh, they're not allowed to be intimate. So she uses her she uses her left hand. Abai menachale apumadikuva. Abai his wife uh, placed the cup on top of a barrel, essentially not right in front of him. But further away, so it's not like it's given to him. Rava's wife, Rava Besadia, did it, uh, placed the, uh, the the cup on his pillow, also not in front of him, but in a separate place. And finally, Rav Papa, Asharshifa, Rav Papa's wife would place it on the bench. It creates some sort of change, some sort of difference, and then that itself uh, would be allowed. Okay, uh, we're now towards the bottom of Samachal of Amanal, 61a, uh, but we will continue with this Gemara in the next class.